Welcome everyone to One Two Three Yes Wrestling, where we want to bring the love back to professional wrestling. I am Chris, and as always, I'm joined by Corey and Ed. How are we doing, guys? Um, I'm I'm alive. Uh, after <laughs> four was it forty eight hours, or is it twenty four, or is it thirty six? I mean, how many hours of wrestling have we covered in a span of what four, five, six, thirty days? It feels like, you know, a whole, like, month has gone by in a matter of a weekend. A little bit. Yeah, I mean, not only was it a lot of wrestling, but I'm actually uh, recording with you guys live from Orlando, Florida right now. I actually had the uh, honor of winning a pretty cool work award, and they uh, took us down to Atlanta, or I I was going to say Atlanta. That's a result of the couple cocktails I've had. It's (laughs) Orlando, and... uh, I decided to stay a couple extra days and enjoy Universal Studios and Epcot, and uh, I'm excited to still be here recording our weekly podcast, and what a week it was. And and listeners, uh, don't get confused. The reason why he's still in Orlando, according to his geography skills, is he just doesn't know how to get back. <laughs> he's lost. He's he probably out. more. You're probably more right than you know. <laughs> hey, you have the opportunity to not come home. Sometimes I, you know. We could get on board with that. Just opportunity to stay somewhere for a couple of days and enjoy yourself. I'm down with that. But as a pro, he's here with us. We were unsure if he was going to make it, but we're coming out of WrestleMania. How do, how can you miss this show? You can't miss. We got so much to talk about. No idea how we're going to get it all in. I'm sure there's tons we're going to miss that we'll probably be picking up and swinging, and we'll be trying to catch up um, in the next upcoming weeks. But I think we're just going to jump into it and not waste any more time. So in case you didn't know, this is the only episode 24 of 123 Yes Wrestling there will ever be. We have a full show for you this week, including everything that happened on WrestleMania, post-WrestleMania, housekeeping, everything, all kinds of stuff. You can join the discussion by emailing us at 123YesWrestling at gmail.com. Subscribe to us where you listen to podcasts. Like us where you like things. Follow us where you follow things. We are everywhere if we're not somewhere you want us to be. Shoot us an email at 123yeswrestling at gmail.com, and we will be there just for you. We're looking for reviews. Review us if you can review us, because we're looking for how many stars? Five stars. Five stars. Five stars. All right. Then let's get on with our curtain jerker this week. As I write down the time code so I don't have to think about it later. First up, and probably the biggest thing, because everything else I picked was minor compared... Well, it's not minor, but anyway. It appears, and now the article disappeared, but it appeared that AEW had their TV deal leaked this week due to getting ready for sweeps. Turner Network wanted to uh, start broadcasting that they are going to have AEW... In the fall, Jim Ross said the TV deal starts in October on Tuesdays, which would basically take the place of SmackDown, which we've kind of assumed because they did their copyright last year for Tuesday Titans or whatever. So we assumed that was going to be their show. We assumed it was going to be October and they were waiting. But apparently it seems like it's leaked that it's going to get announced relatively soon. Thanks to Turner. So we're looking at TNT again, according to the rumor. This is just rumor. I don't think anything's been announced. Anything's been confirmed. Today they came out and said, oh, nothing's been signed yet. But eh." so as rumored, looks like TNT might be where AEW ends up in October. What do we think? 
You know, I haven't read too much into this story to see how valid or not valid it is. I find That's it no very... Fun. That's no fun. No, it's no fun, but it's it, to me it's just kind of ironic of all the stations that this program could end up on. It ends up on TNT and TBS, and for any young listener that doesn't know a little bit of uh, history on TNT and TBS, uh, WCW was on both those networks, and the infamous Monday Night Wars was on TNT, and so to me, it's if this is ending up to be true, this is going to create a lot of buzz from the uh, Attitude Era, Monday Night War era fans, so a little excited. I mean, full disclosure, uh, as a wrestling fan who's, you know, also followed this on the internet, my two sources of information have pretty much been consistent over the years. I use two websites, Raja.com, and I also use 411mania.com, formerly 411wrestling.com. And both of them had this uh, news article put on blast uh, in the last couple days. Am I excited about it? Absolutely. I really hope it's true. Am I skeptical? Absolutely. Because to Corey's point, we're talking about the two promote. We're talking about two networks that both showed WCW products uh, so many years ago. Um, it, it would be very uh, ironic, but at the same time, I'm still skeptical about if this is true or not. Just my opinion. But if it's even if it say it's not true, where would they go? I mean, even having these rumors come out is bad for them unless they're going there because if they're going to go end up on travel channel or end up on destination america or end up on some channel that not everybody has nobody knows what it is if it ends up somewhere weird isn't all these rumors just going to hurt more because now everyone's like oh it's going to end up on tnt i mean regardless of if it's true it's now a rumor and it's where a lot of people expect them to be at this point so it doesn't it hurt them if they don't end up there well I mean, the only thing is that this station, the the only, in my opinion, positive about being on the station is that these stations have a history of having wrestling. But after I've been reading uh, Guy Evans's book, uh, WCW Nitro book, which I don't mean to do a plug with them, but as I'm reading further into this book, and it's a very detailed book about the rise and fall of WCW, and I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to learn about some of the issues that was going on behind the scenes because a lot of people think the reason why WCW failed was because of just Eric Bischoff and creative direction and, and wrestler egos. But the reality was it was the network that started to try to step in and put guidelines and standards and practices in. And so they were trying to put their input as to what they believed was going to make WCW continue to be successful. Now, that was many years ago. That was when we had the, the AOL Time Warner merger and all this weird stuff that was happening today. You know, the landscape's a little bit different over there. So they're, they're still owned by AOL. The, the, and that's my question. Are they, if, if they do go on this network, is this, are they going to have a different perspective on wrestling? Because these network people were kind of frowning WCW and frowning really them to continue continue their success so that's my question and i'm skeptical for the same point because i've actually been starting to to Corey's recommendation i've been listening to a lot more of 83 weeks with eric bischoff 
And the one thing that Eric really talks about a lot is how ostracized WCW was within the Turner organization. So, I mean, I have to imagine it's been a long time. There's probably new blood within this organization, but that makes me feel like, you know, you know, hypothetically, why would they want wrestling again on their, on their, on their, uh, you know, two networks? That's the only thing that I have to say about isn't, this whole thing. Isn't AEW, and like I said, I'm just going to sound like an ass, but that's fine. AEW going on any network, especially TNT, like a bigger network that to your credit, as you guys are saying, there's going to be sponsors. There's going to be people at work at the network who are going to, oh, we know what wrestling is. We want to do this. or this is the type of product we want where they're going to have all these restrictions. Isn't that the complete opposite of what AEW is supposed to be? Like, I mean, I know they can come to it and say, hey, we want to do this. We want to do this. But once they're on that network, they're at the whims. We're seeing the same thing already starting to happen with SmackDown moving to Fox. Fox wants SmackDown to be what they want it to be, not what it is. So they're already going to have to make changes. They're already trying to figure out what SmackDown is going to even look like come October. So now if AEW goes to TNT, what is that product even going to look like? Is that even going to be a product that the people who are touting and hoping and wanting AEW to be something amazing? Isn't TNT going to be the complete opposite of that? And, and that's a, a valid point and something to basically wait and see. Um, heck, I was just reading even today about – uh, a floating rumor that um, AEW is not going to be year-round, that there's going to be an off-season, which I thought was very intriguing that that's even being circulated as a as a rumor. But once again, it's another thing that has been discussed as you know, does wrestling need that for the for the health and safety of the performers? I think it'd be great at least to try it for a year because. I feel if you had that kind of a environment, just look at the quality you might be able to put out if you knew kind of where you were going. That's what Lucha Underground, they did four seasons, and they did seasons. They did their 15 episodes or 12 episodes. They put out their season, and then they took three, four, five months off and came back with another season. You don't have to do the typical TV season, but even do like Survivor where they do a season and then take six, eight weeks off. They, you know, Survivor goes from uh, September to December and then they come back in like February or March to May and then they take the summer off. So I so, mean, uh, let me ask you this then: Would you be okay then if we did we just did this WrestleMania? If that WrestleMania was like the season finale, would you be okay with waiting a few months, knowing that WrestleMania was the last show of the season? If they set themselves up to make it worth it. You know, if they have the end of the season and then they're like, have a cliffhanger or have something that's going to make me want to come back, if they treated it like a regular TV show and that's just how it was going to be, it would be weird for WWE to do it because we're, you know, we're 40 years into them never stopping. Okay, so I know we're going to be digging into this on the show, though. Based on how this WrestleMania uh, resulted, would you be then satisfied? Would that be a good enough for you to have a, a break for a couple months? based on how they ended the show. With this mania, yes, because this mania, as we'll get into, they had such a clean sweep, and, I mean, they changed, like, eight titles at this mania. It was like every champion changed. Spoilers. Um, but every champion almost changed. No one really retained at this mania, which makes it look like they're, they're ready for a reboot. So, it, realistically, the fact that everything kind of closed itself up, there was a lot of finality at this uh 
WrestleMania, which really would kind of shine too if they were going to take a couple months off or take the summer and come back in September, would have all new champs to come back to for SummerSlam. And and I meant I'm not going to try to you know beleaguer this point because I think it's a really good dialogue we're having. But just think about this: if we were able to have like let's say a season of the main roster, and then let's say immediately after, just to keep content going, a season of NXT or a season of NXT UK. Like, they have enough talent to pull that off to where you still have an ongoing flow of entertainment, and then you're even getting exposed to some of the new talent because that's the only WWE product that's out there. So I think that this concept could definitely work, and I'd love to see them embrace it. That's my last thing I have to say about yeah, it. The only way they make it work as long as they can continue live programming weekly because that's what USA wants. That's what Fox wants. They want 52 weeks a year of live programming. If they don't produce that, now if they do to Ed's point, which is a great idea, which I've never heard anyone say, if you switch it out for NXT, you switch it out for these different brands, you do a Raw, you do a SmackDown, you keep the cycle going where there's always somebody wrestling. And even some of the guys can jump too, you know, because then if you have, say, AJ Styles is off for this period because SmackDown's on break, he can still show up to Raw after six weeks, you know, and I mean, you can still mix and match if you want to. But keeping a brand, as long as something's going, I think they can make it work. But who are we kidding? They're not going to do that. But AEW might. Okay. What's next, Chris? All right. Injuries galore coming out of WrestleMania. Unfortunately, it seemed like there was a whole list. Every day there's somebody new that got injured at or just around WrestleMania. I saw Big E came out today. That I think his was at SmackDown on Tuesday. He keeps doing all those splits. Everyone, that was the first thing I thought was that he tore. But looks like he got a knee injury um, during a botched crossbody. Um, I didn't fully catch that that botch but sounds like he tore his meniscus and is out for a bit um ronda rousey supposedly during the main event of wrestlemania severely broke her hand which could make for a little bit of awkwardness in her moving around i thought she was selling her leg but i guess she was selling her hand uh daniel bryan undisclosed supposedly was sent home due to an injury and that one scares me the most because they're not saying what that one even is so god only knows i would imagine from that match with kofi kingston it was his ribs because <laughs> i know kofi kingston went to do that double stop and just completely collapsed on top of daniel bryan so i would i would imagine it'd be his ribs but you know that one makes me nervous and aj styles supposedly on the superplex that randy orton gave him at mania tweaked his back but he's supposedly nothing's broke he just needs a few weeks to to heal but a lot of injuries coming out of wrestlemania and especially when we're trying to do this reboot um with the new champs and who's going to go where and who's going to do what it's a lot of people going down Eh, you know what? I mean, to me, this isn't really big news. It's just, I mean, this is, you know, it's WrestleMania. It's the, the post-WrestleMania Raw and SmackDown. To these performers, this is the Super Bowl week. So everybody's going to be on their A game because you're getting the most eyes on the product at this time. So the performances are going to be a little more high risk, more... um entertaining and you know unfortunately you know you get the injuries that occur uh ronda rousey's injury i'm not bothered by at all because i think she needs to step away anyway storyline wise to reboot recharge get her to go you know whatever direction that they want her to go so that one i'm okay with uh, i agree with chris the daniel bryan one does scare me the most because obviously you know with this history of concussions you know once he does another one wwe is just gonna simply not let him back in the ring but biggie uh, that's that's a bummer that's 
you know. That's a bummer because of the new day and where they're at right now. And for him to all of a sudden be out of that and missing that and not being able to push that forward kind of stinks. Yeah. Uh, and I, I also want to mention, I don't know if you guys saw, Drew McIntyre actually left uh, his six-man match on SmackDown. I don't know if you probably guys didn't notice that, but it was reported that he did leave the match um, at one point. So uh, that's also a rumor going around that Drew McIntyre is also injured. If that's the case, um, him and Daniel Bryan scare me the most just because of how important I think they are to what this year is going to be planned for when it comes to storylines. Um, but to Corey's point, I mean, this uh, if you look at Mania top to down, and I know we'll, we'll talk about it uh, you know, when we talk about Mania, uh, these matches were good. Uh, these guys went out to prove a point. These girls went out to prove a point, and I noticed it. Um, I was very satisfied overall with the match quality. There's a, you know, obviously a few things about Mania that I would love to change, but as far as match quality, I'm not surprised that we saw this many injuries because everybody went out, I think, to prove a point at this show. Yeah, absolutely. And last up for the news, today – Road Dog stepped down as head writer of SmackDown. So we now, he's, whether he was forced, do you think it was forced? Do you think he just chose to step down? Is there a reason, anything behind it? Or he just can move on to greener I, pastures? I, he going to AEW? Gonna, you have an executive vice president? No, I, I think he's just stepping out of the head writing position. Because the fact of the matter is, it's very, it's very challenging for what I read and please understand uh, what do I really know? I'm just a fan, but for what I try to read about and, and get from interviews from former writers is that this is still Vince McMahon's baby. So at the end of the day, he's the one that makes the decision. He's truly the writer. So the impression I'm getting for what I'm reading is that there's just too much last minute changes so if I was a head writer trying to put shows together and then someone comes in, whether it's a day before or the day of or however long, hours, you're right. Um, it would be frustrating because I'm assuming that Road Dog probably puts hours upon hours of time each week trying to create stories. And they obviously got to think long term with the stories. So, um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I could see him just saying, you know what, this just is, this is too much. But you need to cycle. You need to cycle through your writers. You know, these people, like like we said earlier, 52 weeks a year, we need to cycle through. We need to make sure that, uh, you know, fresh people are coming in with fresh ideas to do fresh things. So, I, yeah. you know, should be a good move. Hopefully changes, change is always good. But we're going to move on because we still got a lot to talk about. So we got the mid-card wrap-up, and you know how we start that every week. We have a WrestleMania-sized, I'm sure, WrestleMania effort of Sits and Fits featuring Mr. Fitness. Hello, wannabe gym rats. And if you hear some kind of rumbling in the background, no, it's, it's not a crowd. It's not some weird wondering sounds is just storms because that's the Chicago land area for you at this time. Hello, want to be gym rats. Mr. Fitness here for the weekly sit and fits. Well, WrestleMania is a wrap and boy, was it the year of happy endings. Seth Rollins entered suplex city and burned that baby to the ground. Ending the misery 
that was the part-time champion, Brock Lesnar. Now Lesnar can head off into the sunset. And by sunset, I mean he's heading off to Las Vegas, and he's going to squeeze every dollar he can out of UFC. The boom, 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 happy endings happened as Kofi Kingston is finally crowned WWE champion. There is no doubt in my mind, or the crowd for that matter, that this was the show stealer of the night. Chris, are you having fun yet with your bet? Boom, boom, boom. The first ever women's main event lived up to its hype as Becky Lynch is crowned Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion. Too bad the crowd was too exhausted from the seven-plus hours of wrestling they had to sit through prior to the match. And for all you smarts that think the finish was botched, it's called a story angle. Read the next chapter to find out what happens next, you Morlocks. By God, Corey's wet dream came true as the Iconics became tag team champions. <laughs> I don't know what's worse, hearing Chris say boom, boom, boom for God knows how long, or Corey referencing everything as Iconic. In today's I Want to Be an Idiot news, a fan took down WWE Hall of Famer Bret Hart during his Hart Foundation induction speech. I mean, how stupid can you be? You have rows of wrestlers in the first couple rows. Did you not think they would come and actually kick your ass? That's right. I'm breaking the PG rule. Kick your ass? Props go out to Ronda Rousey's husband and Dash of the Revival for laying it to this idiot. In fact, you know what? I hope the guy's still in jail with some other special person giving him a little attention. I hope all you wrestling fans enjoyed the weekend of wrestling because no matter what shows you watched, at the end of the day, we are all fans of wrestling. And this weekend proved why I am proud to be a wrestling fan. I'm ending my segment now because, quite honestly, I don't have the energy to pull off seven and a half hours of recap promos. Even Mr. Fitness has his limits. I'm handing it back to you, Rejects, because I'm not covering it all. Don't sit. Just stay fit. It's called a protein shake, Mr. Fitness. It gives you energy. You can get through 70 hours. I started WrestleMania weekend with beer, and by the time I hit WrestleMania, I was already like, oh, my God, that G1 Super Show knocked me out after drinking and watching G1 all night Saturday, because that show ended up being like six hours, and it was a good time, but right in the middle of that, Bret Hart got attacked, so then your entire focus went crazy, then trying to figure out, and on Twitter, and figuring out what happened with Bret Hart, then all of a sudden, I'm back to the G1, and focusing on that, and all of a sudden, Enzo and Cass jump over the railing, like 10 minutes later, and start doing their thing, a terribly timed angle, whatever they're trying to pull there, whether it's real, whether it's fake, it was still terrible timing. So then that got all confused, and it's like, what's going on? The world is going crazy this weekend. Uh, man, it was a crazy weekend. You know, 
and let me and I've really got to talk about the the G one the Enzo and Cass thing because now I'm getting the impression that this is a work, and if it's a work, shame on on them for not actually putting it on air. It's like what cooler thing to really create shock in a response than actually having them on TV do the things that they were doing. I mean, we only saw it because of fans that were recording it. So for that, I mean, come on, Ring of Honor. It's like, get it together. Get that stuff on TV because that's the shock TV that you want. That's the stuff that's going to get people talking. Not the stupid internet fans finding out because someone recorded it on their phone. But to be honest, that is the world we live in today. I almost wonder if this is a shoot. Um, Were they going for that kind of um, uh, media attention? Meaning, we're not going to show it on TV. We're going to have it come to you live from social media. I know that sounds very uh, like, wow, really? But honestly, in today's day and age for for professional wrestling, if you are trying to keep kayfabe or get it back, this is a clever way to do it. Um, I, for one, do think it is a work. I don't think it's a shoot because I just don't think you would have had them be out there as long as they were to have that angle. Um, I really don't want to say much about the Bret Hart attacker. The whole thing disgusts me, and I don't want to give it much attention, to be honest, but the whole Enzo and Cass thing, um, I think it could end up being a very cool way to pull off a storyline. I have my own opinions on whether... Enzo should be uh, a part of it, but hey, he's trying his best to stay relevant, so I, in some ways, do appreciate that, so. Yeah, yeah, it was, in G1, they had some great matches, once again, that just, in my opinion, just went too long, and they got a little, for someone who doesn't watch Ring of Honor or New Japan regularly, when they started getting, diving into storylines, and they started having stuff, it kind of, I got lost, you know, trying to figure out exactly who's feuding with who or, you know, when they're closing out storylines, I had the same problem with all in when they were finishing off storylines that I didn't know how they went. Um, But it was a good time. I'll probably watch it again. Um, But they were good. I watched impact as well. United. We stand that pay-per-view was rough. They had technical issues. They had, I mean, they would cut to a backstage promo and you would see people talking. They had no mics. So I'm like, I don't know what anyone's saying. You couldn't hear theme music. Or if you could hear theme music, but you couldn't hear the commentators. Like, one was high and one was low. It was That was a rough show. It had a couple moments, but... And, and that just shows that in Impact, I, I don't know where it was at, if they tried to put it in a bigger venue. But, it, was, um, it looked like a rec center. It, or, like, it looked like a hall. Like, we used to go see that church in Crown Point. Unfortunately, um... That just goes to show that impact is, you know, it's just not at the level of Ring of Honor, New Japan, you know, probably, not, you know, not going to be at the level of AEW, obviously not WWE. Um, but, you know, the fact is they, you know, they still got, you know, their, their, their pay-per-view out there, you know, during the biggest weekend of the year. So, and I got to give credit and I can't say it enough. I, I know they got this production issue thing. The talent there is awesome. I see them a lot on these indie shows that I go to out here in Crown Point, and I can't put them over enough. And even speaking to them when I get a chance to meet them, get an autograph or a picture, it just I want them to succeed. I want most of them to succeed. Yeah. 
Well, then let's so. jump into WrestleMania. We'll kind of go through what we want, but we got all three happy endings. Seth, Kofi, which, wait, boom, boom, boom. And uh, Becky, we got all happy endings, something I didn't think would happen. So can I can I ask, because um, I did see the video of you walking into a classroom to do the boom, boom, boom. Um, was there any, like, reaction or confusion? Was there anyone that came to you and said, okay, what's going on? Well, it's going to be funny. But I, I was sitting there in class, and I waited because I was figuring I was going to do it as soon as I walked in. But there was only like one girl sitting there. So I'm like, well, I guess I got to wait for people to be there because I didn't want to cheap it. I want, I did want people there. So I waited until the class was pretty much full. And like a couple minutes before class started, I asked the one dude next to me. I said, hey, man, can you record me coming into the room? And he goes, what? And I said, I lost a 10-year-old bet last night, so I got to make good. And this is part of it. So he's like, what are you going to do? So I showed him, and he's just a little boom, boom. And he's like, okay. So he records it for me. And then he's like, you got to tell me what that's about. And I said, oh, it's about wrestling. And he goes, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> and my teacher even said the same thing and i was just like oh it was a wrestling thing from wrestlemania last night but i made a bet 10 years ago and they were just like oh okay <laughs> and that was kind of the uh end of no one wanted to push any harder on me i think they were nervous <laughs> of what i was gonna say yeah it's probably it's probably best you left it at that because getting too deep into it may have made it worse yeah 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 so i've been popping my boom boom booms when i have to i sent my buddy some videos he's extremely excited to see it he's having a blast he thought the whole thing was going to get called off the raw after mania when they did a winner take all universal and wwe title match he goes oh that's that yeah. for kofi i was like he's gonna be a quick bet <laughs> yeah but we don't we'll, but, we'll get into you know that what? going back to this happy ending thing and i actually I, I said this to you i think chris last week on the previous episode where i predicted that we were going to get multiple happy endings because i know you when you're making your predictions you were trying to make sure you didn't predict all of them as a happy ending as historically wwe does not go that route um i think this is a good sign with wwe i think this is telling us that maybe they're gonna pull away from their typical formula and maybe start going to you know in a direction that just makes sense to fans because all the fans wanted becky to win all the fans wanted um Kofi to win and then all the fans um wanted Seth Rollins to win so this all worked out you know and uh I gotta definitely give recognition on the crowd when it came to Kofi and Daniel Bryan's match I thought that that was that that's what made that match even more memorable is this crowd was way into it but then on the flip side this is where I have a problem with the length of the show. By the time they got to Becky's match, and we all three can vouch for this, you get exhausted after even five hours. And I think for WrestleMania 32, I think we hit, what, five and a half hours or something like that? Um, yeah, but then when you had pre-show and yeah. waiting in line for an hour to get in in the sun. It's, yeah, so it's like I really felt bad for the ladies because, I mean, when you, minus the crowd, the match was spot on. The match was great. I was very much invested in it. I just, I really felt bad for them because if that match would have been on probably during the time of the Kofi match, they probably would have had the best pop of the night. I don't think they would have due to that finish, but 
Kofi and Brian were perfectly positioned where they needed to be. It had the perfect, solid ending, and the crowd was just on it. And with the way that those the way that the matches went regardless of placement that should have been the main event that should have been how they ended the night you know yeah it stinks that they had whatever little botch they had with ronda's shoulders coming up and supposedly the referee who did that match got fined earlier in the week for counting he shouldn't have counted the one two three or waited until the shoulders were down is what the reports coming out said um so he shouldn't have counted huh then let's okay so i want to get your view on this so then is the because I, I didn't read this story on the ref. So was that the moment that it was supposed to be a three count? Yeah, the article I read said that's how the match was supposed to end, which that's their problem, regardless of how it was done. That match should have never ended that way. Nobody expected that match to end that way. Nobody expected Becky to win in any other way but a submission. So if you're going to book Becky Lynch to not tap somebody out, then you need to build for the past month. They should have been building a finisher, finishing move maneuver that she could do, not a roll-up. She shouldn't. No main event of WrestleMania should be rolling somebody up. You know, you need to beat so it's either needs to be Kofi Kingston, he did Trouble in Paradise, one, two, three, done. Becky Lynch, everyone always figured that figured she was gonna see the disarmor. One of those women were gonna tap out, and that's how you get your mania moment. That's how the WrestleMania main events end. It's boom, one, two, three, not a roll up. All right, so and I'm sorry, Ed, I know you're like sitting back and we're like battling, <laughs> but I, I, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this. So because if you make if you make Becky uh, Ronda tap. I mean, that just that's that's officially a killer to the character. And I don't think we're ready to kill that character in terms of of this baddest woman on the planet. I don't see anything wrong with the the surprise finish, because it's like with someone that is, quote, as dominant as as Ronda Rousey is, you you do. I mean, it is very probable that the only way you can win is to sneak uh, a a maneuver like a roll up pin to pull it off. And if that's the story that they want to tell, then that's fine. But so far, we haven't seen Ronda. Now, if we don't see Ronda again for a while, then it was the wrong way to end that match. Because if she's going to disappear, regardless of hand, broken hand or not, if she, the plan is for her to disappear till SummerSlam, her to disappear till Survivor Series, her to disappear till next Mania, then that then she should have took a pin. She didn't need you don't need to tap her, but you should have in a you know in a three way you have a way that you can distract someone. Or if you're really concerned about it, you pin Charlotte. I would say I think this is great discussion. My three points for overall uh, WrestleMania, number one, uh, again, some very, very quality outcomes, right? So we had three happy endings, which we talked about on this show being very highly unlikely. We got that. But on top of that, we had uh, Chris eight title changes. Is that correct? I I think it was seven or eight. I'll count while you keep talking. I think it was, yeah, seven or eight title changes. So in many ways, this show was a reset for, I think, a lot of the WWE championships. Uh, also, on NXT, you saw similar things, which is very promising. Uh, so that's, you know, my point one. Number two, to Corey's point, though, the one flaw, and it was exposed highly, was how long this show was and how that affected the energy and pacing of the show. Um, I think you saw a lot of people, myself included, say, this is, you know, uh, action-wise, some of the best wrestling you'll see in any WrestleMania. But the sheer length of this and the pacing of it did take away from it the second half of the show. 
And I think on top of that, knowing that 80,000 people left the arena without a proper transit system to get home is also not a helpful situation for WWE when it comes to, you know, the length of this. So I hope if anything happens that they take the positives of, you know, how positively the show is uh, being looked at from a quality match perspective, but maybe just understand that, you know, this long of a program is not going to help the product. So that's what I have to say about Mania. Here, here's my solution. Okay, first off, the, the transit thing, that, that's not WWE's responsibility. That is this, the best New Jersey slash New York. You know, when you freaking bid. But it's their responsibility to go to New York and say, we need extra shuttles. And they didn't do that. That, was, but that, that didn't happen. Where's the part where the people of MetLife Stadium who own the building should have enough common sense to, to, to have that set up? That's your job. If you work for MetLife Stadium, if you're the owner of it and you guys are the, the operator of it, that's you. WrestleMania oh, is your building. I agree, but wouldn't you assume that a billion-dollar company would have those checks in place to say, hey, MetLife, are we good here? New Jersey, are we good here? This is a massive dropping of the ball. I don't know who's to blame, but there were tweets. There were live videos going out. It was raining, and people had nowhere to go. Uber and Lyft and, you know, taxis are charging $200 a fare to get people home to Manhattan. That's yeah, they couldn't even get in. It was everybody's fault. It was one of those situations where nobody either thought about it or figured someone else was going to take care of it. So it was everyone, everyone's fault but mine, but it was everybody's fault because the, the city, the state should have realized – hey, yeah, we have 80,000 people here. We need to keep running until this thing's over, regardless of where they are. Yes, WWE should have gave through them a bone and said, hey, we're going to go, our scheduled time is this, but they don't want to do that because if you say, hey, our main event's going to go on at midnight, then it ruins that whole illusion. That's why we don't get times and how long the shows are going to be. That's why it always fluctuates. So they're not going to do that. Yeah, should they? Could they? Yeah, of course they can, but they didn't. And the center, or the what, what, did, what did Hulk Hogan call it? The MetLife Center, which I can't tell if that was a joke or not but MetLife Stadium they should have uh yes they should have been aware hey we got this big show make sure that we have transportation running to get these people out of here because we're responsible for them while they're here so yeah everybody should have done something nobody did anything because they figured someone else it was someone else's fault and it was just one of those situations where everyone was just going to point fingers in a triangle until nothing happened and then let me bring up my idea of how you can solve this problem with the length of the show. And I think this is going to happen. Uh, WrestleMania is just going to be two days. They're going to have a day one, day two. Don't shake your head because, Chris, think about this. Do you honestly think, and we've been watching wrestling for a really long time, do you honestly think that they're going to go back to a shorter WrestleMania? I mean, we're already up to seven and a half hours do you even think they would even perceive the idea of going back to three? No, you're you're I'm sure you're probably right. They'll they'll do a two day thing. I'm I'm sure. I'm just shaking my head because it's it's a terrible idea being able to do that. And it's more money for them because then they're selling tickets for day one and day two. It's if you set up if they would have done day one that ended with Kofi and Daniel Bryan and day two ends with the the women doing their triple threat. If you set those things up and have those moments and you do that, it it's all money for them. It makes the most sense. I, I just, as a fan, I don't think anybody wants to see a two day WrestleMania. Silence. I, mean, I, I know. Silence. I, I, I am I correct. Just, 
<laughs> no, it, you're, you're correct. And do I want to see a two-day WrestleMania? Not really. But to Corey's point, it makes sense. It is a financial gain for them. And there's already been reports that WWE wants to do multiple WrestleManias a year now because they see the profit in it. And I can't blame them. I work for corporate America. I get it. But uh, uh, I, I'm going to chime in. Um, <laughs> that's, no, that's where I got to put my foot down. I'm okay with a multiple day. But if you're talking about this idea that there's multiple WrestleManias throughout a given year, no. But that's what it is. You're saying they have two. That's two, two it back to, it's, it's, it's back to back. They're well, still part of the same. It's, it's still the same show. No, but it's, it's, it's like a day one, day two. So they would. So here's the thing: they would gladly sell you multi passes to go to both events, and you would not have one ticket for both events. So this would totally be a money driven decision. I well, I get it. it's a money driven decision, but I'm just saying that this would solve our issue with the length of the show. You could split it up between two days. Um, and then the cool thing is this whole main event thing, like Chris said, you, you can have Kofi and Daniel Bryan be the main event of day one. The ladies can be the main event of day two. Uh, it, it, it's, it gives m- multiple people an opportunity to quote main event WrestleMania, even though it's, it's a different way of looking at main eventing. But um, yes, of course, it, it's, there's, there's more money to be made in the opportunity. But here's the thing. Where do we stop? We're already at seven and a half hours. It wasn't like they cut it at seven hours. Seven and a half. What, next year we're going to go to eight hours? Next, The following year, eight and a half? It's like they're, in WrestleMania 32 was like the first big sign that they were just going to keep pushing that envelope. Well, it's the pre-show. If they, I mean, the, realistically, the pre-show doesn't count. They've, they've said it. They've they've proven that the pre-show doesn't matter. They cut it out of the WrestleMania DVDs. Whenever they cut those discs, the pre-show's not on there. It's not considered the running time of the show. So if you ran, they ran it from 6 to 11. That's what, five and a half hours? That's a good show for them. I mean, shit, the uh, regular ones are running three hours. Raw's three hours. So you, they're in their mind, they're just tacking two extra hours for WrestleMania. Pre-show doesn't matter, even though they changed two titles. And to bring that up, seven title changes at WrestleMania. Two on the pre-show, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, and just so that we're moving along here, we definitely got to spend some time talking about the one title change that really made WrestleMania 35 (laughs) the iconic WrestleMania that it has become. And I am referring to the women's tag team match because, gentlemen, I know you're just as thrilled as I am. My ladies, the Iconics, are the newly crowned women's tag team champions. So, gentlemen, can, can we have a iconic moment of silence as we reflect on their victory? We all know moments of silence work great on the radio. <laughs> yeah. No, but I, I agree with you, man. I, and actually, that match came off exactly how I wanted it to be. Because I didn't really care much about that match going in. But the way they finished it, it was great for the Iconics. I really liked uh, – they really – that was real emotion, too. Like, they were very thrilled. Yes. And um, I thought it was it was cool. I have a lot of friends from Australia due to going to WrestleMania all these years. They were happy because they know how important that is for Australia. So, hey, good for them. Very happy. 
It was it was fine. It was it was a cool finish. It's nice that an actual tag team won. And once again, what I find interesting is once again, Sasha can't defend a championship. But did you hear the report that she is actually upset and she wants to quit? Well, I also heard that she had a family emergency and is dealing with something else too. But yeah, I didn't hear any report about her wanting to quit. There's there's uh there was something I was reading today. Now like I said, once again, guys, please understand I'm I'm not one of those internet morlocks that believes everything on the internet, but there was something that was being reported that uh that Sasha Banks was very upset that WWE wasn't giving them an opportunity to kind of like run with the tag belts to give it some credibility and, you know, being told last minute uh, supposedly that they were going to drop it and drop it to the Iconics, which, you know, of course, you know, there's people like me that like the Iconics and then there's people that kind of look at the Iconics as kind of like a gimmick act. And they think that they're going to treat the titles as that, which unfortunately uh, based on what SmackDown, they kind of gave that impression that they might be treating it as a gimmick, but, but that's how you do. This is the first tag team champs. And uh, like I said, Bailey and Sasha won them in February, and they didn't do anything with them. They didn't show up anywhere. They didn't do anything. They kept getting cut from the Hulu cut. I never saw anything. So it's one of those things where they weren't treated. So you give them to the Iconics to let them ham it up with it for a little bit and at least turn the division into something, you know, and try to create something. Bailey and Sasha weren't they weren't doing anything. And with the them. cool thing is, is that they're they're making it interesting right now because they're defending it against local indie wrestlers and trying to, you know obviously make it seem like they're phenomenal tag teams they're facing, but you know, I, I get it. It's that heel, the the cowardly heel approach. Well, you're not going to get these titles over on two baby faces, which are not that over as baby faces. Yeah. I mean, they're not Bruno San Martino. You can't put the belt on them for seven years and everybody cares about it. No, you put it on the Iconics. They're a great heel team and they'll probably, they'll probably be the ones that hold on to these belts. I think for a while to give them some heat which is only going to be good for the division. So um, I did hear that report about Banks. I also see that they're tying in some Alexa Bliss thing with her blocking. I mean, we don't – I don't know if we'll ever know what the hell's going on. but um, Yeah, what happened Sasha, with Bailey? So uh, so what I read is that Sasha and Bailey and uh, Alexa got into it on Twitter. I don't know what's going on. Uh, but apparently one of them got blocked and – that's tied to this rumor about Sasha in the back. So, you know, it's, it seems like a lot of personal stuff that we probably won't ever know the details of, but Sasha Banks does not have a great reputation in the back or with fans. So I don't know. I, I, I could care less about the whole situation. I'm happy for other, the iconics and I hope they do a great job holding the belts. And uh, gentlemen, I just want to say uh, thank you for allowing us to take some podcast time to recognize the iconics. It, it, it warms my heart. Well, and it seems like it's we're going to get more of it because the next question that we had on SmackDown was after we had the Iconics do their match with the Brooklyn Bells, the best tag team in Brooklyn, Paige said she's bringing a tag team up next week to the Superstar Shakeup. Any ideas? New people bringing someone up from NXT? Any ideas that who, who could possibly Paige bring to challenge the Iconics? Uh, she re- reuniting her group. I forgot that absolution with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. She bringing new people up. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's new people, but now I'm trying to think NXT. Um, is there anybody the, down there? 
there's two. There's only two tag teams I know of, which one's the Sky Pirates, which I don't see Paige bringing them up. Granted, both of them could benefit from having Paige as a manager. Um, and the only other one is that one that Aaliyah and some other girl were there, like covered in pink. I forgot their name. I don't know the other girl's name. I just started seeing them there. I know they've been doing a tag team thing. Um, where I could see them, them and the Iconics would probably be entertaining since they're both over the top. But I don't know. I don't know. It's exciting. I, would, I, I, I do think, unfortunately, it is going to be the Sky Pirates just because they brought up Ricochet and Alistair kind of quick. So I would imagine that it is going to be the Sky Pirates. Uh, that group, Leah, and I, I don't know her other name. Uh, yeah. Me, but but uh, they do seem like they're getting some heat down in NXT. So I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they get called up sooner than later, but I don't think that WWE wants to do a heel versus heel team because they're clearly heel down in NXT. Chris, what's next, man? I We got this wide open. I mean, uh, my biggest oh. thing I need to ask you guys about, before I forget, before we get out of time, this was the Raw After Mania, the dinosaur in the box, the Bray Wyatt of it all. Where, 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 where were you thinking as you saw this little? So let me set the scene. There's a box. A little what looks like dinosaur puppet comes out. Smoke starts coming out, and it starts coughing. I 100% thought it was a uh, anti-smoking commercial until the commentators acknowledged it. Like I really thought it was. A, I had no idea what it was, and I still was like, whatever. And then I was listening to some stuff, and everyone's like, well, it was a buzzard, so we're assuming it's Bray Wyatt. So, like, Bray Wyatt's been gone for six months. You guys love Bray Wyatt. This is the potential return of Bray Wyatt. I need to hear this. I've been holding it back the whole time. I can't hold it back anymore. Okay. I, I think <laughs> it'd be very fitting for me to start this off. Um, for the listeners, just so you know about myself, Bray Wyatt has for years now, I've found him to be my favorite wrestler. Like I'm, I'm so like just intrigued by his character. Now, unfortunately, I'll say on record that I think WWE has totally misused him in the last few years. Now, going to this segment, um, I instantly like I was confused at first, but then as soon as something popped up, and you know, like so the puppet thing threw me off because. It looks very like 80s-ish puppetry, or if that's even a word. Um, but it's, yeah, I get where people think it's a dinosaur. Uh, no, it's a buzzard. Uh, this is definitely linked to Bray Wyatt. Um, the cool, th the thing I like about it is it creates more questions than answers. Because we're looking at this box. What, what what is this thing in a box? Why is it in a box? What is this thing? And then the thing is actually talking, and <laughs> it's just Bray Wyatt's voice. And so I know we're like you know there's a, a whole mixture of reactions, but the, the one thing I do like is the fact that there's a mystery about this. Now I'm trying to look at this in a big picture down the road thing. If this eventually leads to a sister Ab Abigail character, then I'm going to be satisfied. 
um, because I do remember reading a couple weeks ago that someone tried to trademark Sister Abigail and WWE blocked it from happening. So I'm thinking that hopefully this is, you know, uh, an evolution to the Bray Wyatt character. I know Ed and I were talking at one point, and I think, Ed, you mentioned that you thought that they might just totally do something different with them. I'm hoping this is a sign that they're not totally going to do a different character, that they're just going to try to all evolve the character into something that hopefully will fit today's product. But that's my worry. How do we get this character to fit today's product? Because that's why I feel the character failed in the past because they just don't know how to use him in today's audience and their demographics. Yeah. I mean, I also, uh, I had like, I naturally like analyze things. So like I was trying to like pick apart, like, Oh, it's a box and a puppet. Is he symbolizing? He's a puppet and he's returning and he won't be a puppet. Like I really was thinking this deep. I clearly know it's a Bray Wyatt vignette, and I want to see more, which is good. And we're talking about it, which is good. The WWE has this habit of getting us to buy into something, and then they give us a 180. I will use the example of uh, our Say favorite Funk- Funkasaurus. There it is. <laughs> um, I, we all thought Brodus Clay was going to come as a giant juggernaut of badass, and he showed up as the Funkasaurus. So I just hope to God that Bray Wyatt doesn't get a complete character redo. Please don't do that to him. He's too he's too good for that. But I wouldn't mind seeing a Bray Wyatt because let's say if Bray Wyatt comes back as Bray Wyatt, he'll get a face reaction. So why not embrace a little bit more of the good guy version of him? You know, and that and also if you notice the puppet had Hawaiian shirt on, had a a, a very clear Hawaiian fabric shirt on. So that meant me think, like, maybe he's going to go back to his roots, which would also be cool. Husky Harris? So we'll see. Not Husky Harris. I'm saying first, first generation Bray Wyatt when he was a Mississippi preacher. That and was awesome. And here's my question to you. I mean, because right now, you know, Undertaker wasn't on WrestleMania. So clearly Undertaker is now just trying to be more of, a, of a, a, an attraction character. Does mysterious, I mean, do mysterious characters work today? I mean, is this just something where we just got to accept the fact that mysterious, fictional characters, does today's audience just not, does it not sell? Does Vince not see money in them? I mean, what's your thoughts? Could we have success? I mean, we don't use Finn Balor, the demon character, as much anymore. I mean, is, is, is there just not an appeal for it? There's the appeal is there because that's why these characters are over. That's why you guys still love Bray Wyatt. That's why they're still talking about him. The problem is, is they're not booked to succeed. Bray Wyatt came out and he was awesome. And everyone was like, oh man, he's cutting promos. hundred thousand people at WrestleMania 32 are holding up their phones and you're having these moments and everybody loves Bray Wyatt. And he talks this game and he does all this stuff and then he loses. And then he talks all this game and then he loses. And then he talks all this game, and then he loses. So he backed up nothing that he ever said. He never backed anything up. Every storyline ended up with him losing. 
They were doing the same thing what? with Samoa Joe. They were building up Samoa Joe as this monster, and he's going to destroy everybody, and no one's going to beat him. He's putting everyone to sleep, and then he taps out. And then he, no one's going to beat me. So you build up these people, but then you never actually let them. They just all talk big game. But then let's, 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 get in, let's do an Ed here, where he, he breaks it down and analyzes it really deeply. Well, then let's ask ourselves why. What is the factor for what cre- uh, makes a character over to WWE's standards? The, you know, is it the business? Is, is the fact that Bray Wyatt's character that hasn't succeeded or Samoa Joe character been truly over because, what, they don't sell enough T-shirts or merchandise? Or are, are, are they not, quote, selling or putting butts in seats? I mean, what fact, what element, what's the formula? They, they need to take the chance. They need to go, okay, Bray Wyatt, we're going with you. This is our run with Bray Wyatt. You're going to come back. You're going to feud with this person. You're going to have, you know, I mean, you need to do some kind of mapping with these characters. Yes, you can have, you know, the wild card and Kofi Kingston come out and kind of take Mustafa Ali's spot, Kevin Owens' spot, whoever spot he ended up taking, he took someone's spot, and he's the WWE heavyweight champ. So you have to be ready for curveballs, but you have to have a, you know, all of these wrestlers, they should have plans for everybody they want to use up till SummerSlam. And the people who aren't going to get used at SummerSlam or within that time, they need to be used to get the other people over. And you figure out who is your enhancement talent, who is your talent to get people over, and who is your talent, who do you want to get over. If they want to get Bray Wyatt over, they get him over. They push on him, they do what they want to do, and he talks his game and he backs it up. He talks his game. If he's a good guy, if he's a bad guy, you do a Daniel Bryan and you make him so hated everyone wants to see him get beat up. You know, you have to book it. I mean, they... This, this is scripted entertainment. You know, it's not like it's real sports, real MMA, where someone gets knocked out in 30 seconds and you have to figure out your next story. This is scripted from A to B, you know, from beginning to end. So it's if you want people to get over, you book them to get over. Yeah, it's up to them to connect with the crowd. and Not everybody's going to connect, but Bray Wyatt connects with the crowd. People yeah. always liked Bray Wyatt. He has charisma. He can cut a promo. But when you don't let him win, I don't care about Bray Wyatt. Because I've never seen him back up anything he's ever said. I'd love to see him succeed. I used to love watching him cut his promos and be weird and have all kinds of weird stuff happen during his promos and watch his voodoo magic and him talk about Sister Abigail and talk about all of these things that could happen. But then when nothing happens with him, I stop, to, I stop caring. I, it doesn't matter. They're not going to do anything with him, so I don't, I don't care. And then once the crowd starts to simmer, then they go, okay, this guy doesn't work. I mean, it's a tragedy. It really is because you guys are both right. I mean, Corey, you're asking a great question, you know, like and you're posing it the right way. Like, hey, we get it. He's a villain. He's not supposed to win every feud, but why? And then, Chris, you're saying it right on the head. It's it's all about booking. And let's go, let's go back and Bray Wyatt's past. There are clearly matches he needed to win, and he didn't. Undertaker, Mania, John Cena, Mania. Mania. These were the matches where this guy would have been your next Undertaker if he won. And they could have had a character booked for the next 20 years. And they dropped the ball. It's not Bray's fault, but they dropped the ball. And that's the thing that puzzles me because I absolutely 100% agree with you on those Mania matches that he should have won. And it just, it, and that's why I pose the question. It's like, what is it going to take? Because I 100% want Bray Wyatt to succeed. I want him to be a main event player. 
I want him to be WWE champion or universal champion again, because I, he just, he hasn't had, he didn't get his, his true run with that title. They just automatically handed it over to Randy Orton, which I just felt wasn't needed at the time. But I just, well, a successful face run, a return where he's still Bray Wyatt, but just a little different. A successful face run would be awesome for him. I hope that's what happens. I, you know, I think we'll see more vignettes, which, hey, I'm even okay with that because they don't do a lot of vignettes anymore for returning people. So if they do this for a few weeks and get us all hyped, maybe we'll have a, cha- a chance to see a good Bray Wyatt again. Yeah. Yeah, they have to. They the answer is they have to want to do something with him. If they don't want to do anything with him and they just want to keep using him to get people over, then that's just what he's going to be. You know, I mean, there's just no. I think they think that they have these people that they can just put in these spots whenever they want. Oh, we got Samoa Joe, so when we need a challenger for a title, we can throw Samoa Joe in there. They're finally starting to turn him around where they're letting him back up what he's saying. But if you talk and talk and talk and you can never back it up, nobody believes it in you anymore as a character and that's just character in all forms you know that's the boy who cried wolf right there um but i just needed to know and that turned into yeah that's fine and i'm gonna transition right into our next thing about you know booking decisions and moving characters forward uh monday night raw we we get kofi kingston versus seth rollins in a winner take all championship match guys so it looks like uh wwe um felt really good about the women's winner take all match and um they figured hey why don't we try it with the guys um gentlemen i'm very intrigued to get your thoughts on how you felt that all (laughs) went and ultimately turned out go ahead chris i was I enjoyed it, and I sent you guys a text as soon as it happened. We hit that first segment. Everything kind of, like, they're going to do it. Kofi Kingston came out. They blew the roof off that place. They said they were having their winners-take-all match. Everyone immediately is like, well, either you're either sorry, Kofi, or who's going to interfere? I mean, that's th- those are the only things that came out. Everybody you figured, unfortunately, you probably either lean to. Granted, I was starting to think maybe they were going to go all-in um, on – Kofi and give him that belt you know I if realistically if they were going to have someone win I think they would have had Kofi win that match but in if they're unless they're going to merge the titles then you don't don't have a winner but who's going to interfere the problem and they must be saving it for next week but the problem with that entire raw after mania is nothing happened nobody really debuted you had Lars Sullivan yeah Lars Sullivan's fine but he was supposed to debut debut last November he was supposed to debut, you know, with with heavy machinery and when they were doing this shakeup at the end of the yep. year. So now we're four months past when he, nobody cares. You know what I mean? It's nope. like, yeah, you do your thing, but he's not exciting because we were already supposed to see him. So outside of that, nobody. I mean, Sami Zayn, you know, you had a couple returning people, but you didn't have that moment. And that was what everyone thought they were setting up. They were setting up for Undisputed Era. They were setting up for someone to come out to spoil this match. And as I said before, Mania... We needed to end this with Undisputed Era coming out doing their Nexus thing and just destroy everyone and rip up the ring and just make a statement. So everybody figured someone's going to interrupt this match. Who's it going to be? Why the hell would you make it be the bar? Spoiler, the bar came out. Sheamus and Cesaro, who isn't, aren't on that show, 
have nothing to do with any of those characters. They just decided they're going to show up. And they tried to do a swerve on SmackDown and say, oh, we were saving Kofi because he was going to lose. And we're doing this. And they trying to team it up and make it make sense. But, I mean, what did they think was going to happen? They knew that place was just going to boo that. And they didn't even let Kofi and Rollins have a match. They gave them about four minutes, and then they had him interrupt. Yeah, so here's my crazy conspiracy theory thought here. It's simple. They did last-minute booking. They they watched WrestleMania. They're like, hey, the the women's main event, uh, that, that title for title match w- w- was a big hit. Um, why don't we try that with w- the guys? And then they also looked at another match on WrestleMania. They, they saw, um, oh, Baron Corbin, um, he's getting some real X-Pac heat here. Um, and and he, you know, nobody wanted him in that match. And uh, wait, wh- why don't we try this formula with a tag team? Let's see if we can get a tag team to get some real uh, X-Pac heat. So to me, it's just, I feel like they're just trying to grab pieces of a formula from another storyline and try to, you know, use it in this situation. <sighs> that, I, uh, I, go ahead. No, okay. I, uh, I hated everything about this episode. And I think to me, it makes me feel the, the beginning of it was very strong. And I almost thought I, maybe it's, I got, I, you know, I bought in hook, line and sinker. But by the end of this show, I really feel, to Chris's point, that they could care less about the Raw after Mania. They don't like the reaction. I think they think that the crowd is just trying to get in it for themselves, which is probably a little bit true. So I don't even know if we're going to – it felt like this was like a non-canon episode or a house show. Like nothing nothing of, nothing of substance happened. Nothing. But here's, here's the thing. They could have utilized it. Chris sent us that text message. I agree. That crowd was hot. I mean, that was hot. I did not think, because I'm going to be honest with you, the the Kofi winning the title, I wasn't 100% all crazy about it. The crowd, even when the story first started to develop, I wasn't really thrilled about it. I'm like, eh. But the crowd has made me invested into it. And then watching that Monday night crowd when they threw that possibility and then Kofi and Rollins are staring at each other. And then the crowd is just hot. I'm like, and I texted you guys. I was like, no way are they going to do this? I was like, just stunned. Right. And they end up going through with it. And I'm like watching this match, you know, before it gets cut off four minutes in. And I'm just like, Oh my God, what, what's going to happen? I mean, this is the one time where I'm wanting to watch this. I'm not concerned about, you know, what's on my cell phone or what's going on in my house. I'm like, I'm legitimately like wanting to watch this. Cause I'm like, this could be something big. Yeah. It could be a, a, Oh man, poor Kofi moment, but still a big moment nonetheless. And I agree with Chris. It's like, you have this wonder who's it going to be that's going to come out. And there's so many different ways you could have went about doing this. My personal opinion, I was really expecting the new day to turn on Kofi. I, I figured that there was going to be some kind of turn. That would have been fine with me. And I, yes, I would have been fine with that because I the, the new day thing has run its course. And to me, even if they caught the DQ, beat up Kofi Kingston, he's still the champ. 
Brown's still the champ, and now you got the next opponent for Kofi, which is a, you know, what better next match than to fight one of the New Day members? Uh, we didn't get that. We got the bar. No, and, that, yeah. and that tells me we don't care. We don't care about the Raw after Mania anymore. My, my, yeah, I was going to say, it's my conspiracy. Of, it's a bunch of European people. You flew out. We're going to give you a good wrestling show, but the story's not going to have any substance because your reactions are way over the top for our normal audience. That's what I think. Yeah, it seems like they were set up this year. The way that they set this up is, yeah, and the way that they treated this show by Roman Reigns not being on it. Dean, I mean, everything was half-assed on it. They didn't really do anything. They had a couple people came out, and Sami Zayn even cut a scathing promo on the WWE Universe about being the worst. So it just feels like they know that the fans are there to hijack that show. So they didn't. They sabotaged it and said, you know what, we're going to kill this Raw after Mania. I really think that was their whole plan. They know it's going to sell out due to the people at, coming to WrestleMania anyway. There's enough people in town. They'll get their money. They'll get their crowd because it's Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, regardless of what kind of show it is. But they built it up into being this big show where people debut and all this stuff. Convinced... Con- Conveniently, they set up the superstar shakeup for next week. Well, that's when we're going to get our NXT stars coming up. That's when we're going to get our debuts. That's when we're going to get our chains. That's where we're going to get our setup. So now I think that that's going to be the show that they're going to push. So it's like next year we hit Mania. Now the hype is going to be low because remember last year, the Raw from after Mania sucked. And they, they'll probably do the exact same type of show next year. We'll tease you. I mean, that really seemed like that whole thing was done on purpose because they knew if they cared, they would have done something different, but they didn't care. They were just setting it up because they wanted that show to sink because they don't want that hype anymore. They don't want to deal with it. And that's why Roman Reigns didn't come out. That's why, you know, they did The Undertaker to make people happy, to make it still seem big, but even that wasn't much. You know, it's just God, one of those things. Awful. He looks so bad. I'm sorry, that hairline, he's got to shave his hair. It's so bad. So I just wouldn't be surprised. It was just it was just a rough Raw. SmackDown was all right, but for the most part, that was still kind of just there. Next week, I bet you it'll be insane. I bet you they'll do it. They'll get away from that mania crowds, and they'll just have an awesome, awesome show. And I'm yep. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with their shake off, shake up. Um, tons. Of, I mean, like I said, we can go all night about WrestleMania. Was there anything else that you guys wanted to hit on that we didn't hit on? Um, <laughs> No, you know what? And I think I want to end this on a positive note. I in I, Mr. Fitness said it in his in his uh, sits and fits. Is I hope everybody enjoyed this weekend because this is really a representation of what wrestling really is. Regardless, you know, of what show you watched or if you watched them all that were happening over the weekend or any of the indie shows, it's just this is about the appreciation of what is known as wrestling and sports entertainment. Um. I still leave this weekend being proud to be a wrestling fan. I think we are on to some much brighter days as, you know, the the young talent that are coming up and these other organizations that are trying to, you know, improve and evolve. And we got AEW on the horizon. So I think this is, uh, you know, good times coming. Hey, uh, two things. Number one. Which one of us won the match predictions for Mania? And number two, Corey, amen, man. I'm going to agree with you 150%. I saw some of the best wrestling I've ever seen in my life this weekend. NXT TakeOver is quite possibly a perfect show if you haven't seen it, by the way. So 
it was a great weekend of wrestling overall. Yeah. So this is a great time to be a fan and just soak it all up. And that's all I got. Yes, and cool. what everybody came for, predictions. Chris and Ed tied with seven. Corey had nine. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think we would call that an iconic <laughs> victory. Yes, I'm going to keep doing this, buddy. You think the boom, boom, boom is going to get annoying? <laughs> yeah, it's all about the iconic moments on this podcast. Congrats, you swine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and definitely, if you haven't out watched NXT, go watch NXT. They're probably some of the best matches you'll ever yeah, see in your life on that too. show. We didn't get a chance to really talk about it. Maybe we'll have to go back in time and talk about it. But um, yeah, some of those, some of the, I've, there's matches that ended on that show that I literally sat there and go, I think that might have been the best wrestling match I've ever seen. And de- easily, there's probably two that made top five of best I've ever seen. Um, in 30 years watching wrestling. So it was an awesome show. It was an awesome weekend. I'm excited to, for the Superstar shakeup. We'll have to start tweeting or putting out some kind of predictions as we get into that show. And, you know, we'll be back here next week to talk about who went where, where, this, where now the real storylines are going now that we're out of WrestleMania's shadow, just like New Jersey is the shadow of New York. We are in the shadow of WrestleMania this is one, two, three, yes, wrestling. Gentlemen, it's always a pleasure. Follow, like, rate, all of that stuff. Shoot us an email at one, two, three, yes, wrestling at gmail.com. As always, have a good one, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Guys, talk to you again.